1: We last left the Thunder standing in the kitchen of an unexpectedly familiar face. Gaki, a goblin of Makinar, has just informed you that the child of Obasan and Ojisan, the keepers of the castle, may be the child you're looking for, and may even be the source of this world's suffering. Yet despite this, the mysterious goblin urges you against entering the castle, and at the mention of the child, the living objects that until now have been in a constant state of disruption have come to a stop.
2: Um, did did you think maybe we could get some food before we leave?
1: That's kind of complicated. There's not really food here. Oh. What do you mean? Uh, food's kind of a life thing. That's not here. You can't grow anything here.
3: But
4: there are these rice things out
1: there. Rice spirits, yeah. Oh. I don't, I don't get it. Nothing you could eat. Well, you could, but you wouldn't want to.
2: So you're just cooking nothing for nobody?
1: No, we're cooking kami.
2: Oh, those are the people here though. Yeah. We should probably maybe go.
3: <laughs> yeah, that doesn't that doesn't sound like a good.
1: It's normal here, kami eat each other. That's how it goes. That's how it's always gone. Oh. Does it taste good? No, it's mm-hmm. not that's a weird question because it doesn't taste like anything. It feels like something. What does it feel like? Memories.
4: Oh, can I have some?
1: No, Mm. you don't want it.
5: Mm. I'm going to take a quick look around the kitchen. There's not like really a bunch of ingredients in here. It's more like a
1: spirit. As you take a closer look, all of the utensils, every pot, pan object seems like it's alive. Mm. Some of them have eyes that open sleepily and peer at you and then close again. Some things take notice of the fact that you're noticing them and start kind of hovering around you and kind of poking at you. But all of them seem very intrigued by what you're doing. The cauldron that has little raccoon feet is trying to get your foot, Svoltier, into it. It keeps trying to like lip itself under your shoe. I
6: keep trying to juggle it the way you would like a soccer ball, like like kicking
1: it into the <laughs> air and then and then like bouncing it on my foot a couple of times. Every time you kick it away, it comes right back to you and tries to put you in its own pot. Oh, it wants to be your friend. No, it doesn't. It's trying to eat him. Stop it. Kicks the pot. <laughs> like a, a creepy Pee Wee's Playhouse vibe in this <laughs> kitchen. <sighs> my job is as caretaker to Obasan and Ojisan. I mean like they're I'm like their kid, but they don't like me.
2: I can relate. Hmm. I think it's definitely time that we should... I'm sorry, we have to go into the castle to save
1: Brighton. That's a very bad idea.
2: Well, I think coming here in the first place was a bad idea, so we're on a roll. Oh, oh,
4: oh, is there like a secret passageway or something?
1: Yes, but I can't let you in. Why? Because I can't.
2: Mm.
1: Miko might be able to help you out, but I'm not sure she's going to. She's pretty hard to talk to.
2: Okay, well, let's go find Miko, and then figure out how to get into the castle.
6: If we found the secret passage, would you have to stop us, or simply not let us go through?
1: I don't think you get it. You can't. It's like, can't. You know, can't? You're not me, and you're not a commie. You can't get in. Not that way, anyway. Miko's the only one who goes through the front door, and that's only to tend to the house, in ways that I can't.
3: I think it's time to talk to Miko. Uh That does seem paramount at this moment.
1: Uh I don't know where she'd be right now, but my guess is she's at prayer.
3: Hmm. Well, I think I know how we
2: might be able to find her. Oh, yeah. Let's head back to the house we slept in. Okay. Mm-hmm.
4: okay. Yeah.
1: So you begin heading back to the house. As you do, you hear a large rumbling coming from the distance, and you can see Gehi is lying on the boulder with his arms wrapped around his great club, snoring heavily. Hmm. I
5: try to tiptoe past so we don't wake him up. At least Gregory will.
1: Sunny will, like, just...
4: Just slowly walk towards him and poke him. Um, Mr. Mister Gehi?
1: He doesn't seem to respond at first. Oh, okay. Can I pick up his great club? He's got his arms wrapped around it. Oh,
4: okay. Oh, okay. Um, So uh, one of the things that uh, Sonny also carries with him is just a set of bells. It's like, well, you like bells, right? And here you go. And then just walks away.
5: <laughs> it's probably a bell we put on you so we don't lose you. <laughs>
1: yeah. It's,
5: like, it's even more
1: reason to give it to him. A jingle bell on your collar <laughs> you just unhook. I take a bell on a string and put it around his finger while he's sleeping.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: He doesn't seem to notice.
2: You have to be more careful, sonny. Mm. If he'd woken up, he could have been angry and then we could have been the boulder.
4: Mm. <laughs> I, like
6: that. I think he only hits the boulder with the large club.
2: That's not a gamble I'd like to take. Mom's only supposed to use the rolling pin to make bread, but...
5: (laughs) (laughs) Damn.
4: Okay, so we have to
1: go back to the sleeping house. Anyone around? Uh, There's nobody else immediately around that you can see, aside from objects that somehow seem alive. And there's a lot of them. Every single thing. At first you didn't notice, and in retrospect, you're wondering if maybe they were hiding from you.
5: Oh. I imagine at this point Virgil's got, like, a wooden spoon that he snatched out of the air in the kitchen and is, like, just crunching it, giving it a crunch. (laughs) I like that. Um, If no one's around, I'm going to take a look and be like, Miko, Miko. Uh, Well, this should get her attention. I slide the door open and I get my boots nice and dirty. And then I take a few steps inside. Say, Miko, (laughs) this gets my mom every time.
1: (laughs) You hear wooden sandals rattling across stone as... Miko comes running towards the house. No, 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 no! no. Just, just jump out. <laughs> she looks at it mortified, not angry, horrified. Well, we'll clean it up, but we had to get your attention. She turns and looks at you. I'm sorry. She then ignores you. She takes a small tool. It looks like a, almost like a large toothpick, and she gets on to the mats, those little reed mats, and starts slowly scraping the dirt out of each and every thread.
2: We've, I've got a spare shirt in me bag if you need a rag.
1: She just keeps doing it.
3: Um, do you need help? She ignores you. Mm. Miko, what can you tell us about Obasan's child?
1: She's ignoring you.
5: I'm going to go get that bucket of water she used by the well.
1: You go to the well, and the first thing you see is a pair of hands sticking out of it with slender wrists and long arms poking from it.
5: Do the thing where I'm as far from it as possible, but still like, trying to peer over, like, Um, is this another weird floaty spirit creature?
1: As soon as you say anything, it reaches outside of the well, grabs a bucket, lifts it up, and pulls it down into the well. Look down over the edge.
5: Can I have that, please?
1: A few seconds later, the bucket comes out, and it's full of water.
2: Well, thank you very much, Mr. Well.
1: It gives you the okay symbol.
5: Or Mrs. Well. I'll pick it up and then do the little kid shuffle with it, like between my legs, <laughs> like wandering back and being like, Mika, we need we're in a hurry,
1: we're here to help you. And I'll just pour it over the dirty spot. She turns to you sharply. Above her eyebrows, slits appear. Those slits open into flame red eyes. She screeches at the top of her lungs, just screaming. From underneath the heavy folds of her robe, two more arms come out.
2: B-b-b- I'm sorry. I it's all clean now.
1: Her hair is waving in a breeze that isn't there.
2: Oh, guys. Mm. Uh, not... Did I cross a line here? I think so. It's not good.
1: <clears throat> One of the hands reaches out and grabs you by the throat and lifts you off the ground, and she starts spitting in that language that you don't understand.
5: Sorry. <laughs> I'd
6: like to just reach over and lift him higher than she can reach with with my arms and just play <laughs> past the Grigori.
1: Amelia
3: shouts out, "Put him down!" and blasts a gust of wind at Miko to knock her away from Grigory. <laughs> Oh, it's a strength saving throw or be pushed back five feet. Okay.
1: What's your uh, safety DC? It's a great
3: question. It's probably 12.
1: And she just meets it. The breeze suddenly hits her. And as soon as it does, it contradicts the phantom breeze that's blowing her hair. Her hair kind of straightens out and falls. The arm that's holding you, or was holding you, the gnarled one that came out of her robes, slowly kind of drifts down. And she turns to you.
3: Um, Though she appears normal, the look has not left Amelia's eyes. And she's looking defiant with that audacity that only little girls can have. (laughs) And she says, I'm so tired of this. You're not answering any
1: of our questions. Mine is not to answer questions.
3: The
2: foxman said your job was to make sure everything's running right here. Everything goes smoothly. Maintain the place, right? Yes. Yes. Well, it sounds like that kid that you, the creepy mom has in the castle is making us sick. That's not right. We're not supposed to be here.
1: Gaki is confused. They are all confused. I am Miko, the caretaker to the temple and the keeper of the kami of this place.
2: Can you show us into the castle, please?
1: You have no idea the danger you are asking for.
2: I mean, if we go that way, it's a forest full of hungry ghosts. If we go that way, there's a giant ogre demon thing. It sounds like we got bad decisions in every direction. <laughs> we need to figure out where Brighton is and get home. Then everything will go back to normal for you. You'll never have to scrub the floor again.
3: Gregory's right. We have a mission to do. We were promised three stars, and so far we have, like, one star. Also, I'm
4: hungry.
1: Your hunger is not something I can satisfy. There is no food here. There is nothing for humans here. You must change, you will change, or you will die and be fed upon. I am the only reason that the balance of this place has been maintained. And I will not have that balance thrown off by idiot children.
2: So we are children.
1: She takes the bottle that has what you recognize now as the symbol for water. She sets it down on the ground in front of the now ruined mats. And then she prostrates herself in a very deep, deep bow from her knees. And then she rises up, lifting her hands, and the water slowly pulls out of the mats, lifting the dirt with it, and then enters the bottle.
6: That seems like it was quite a bit faster than your trick with
1: the toothpick earlier. Yet now the water is useless, and I am weaker for it.
4: Um, can, we, can you get more?
1: She takes the bottle, walks to the well, opens it up, and pours it out. What comes out is not water, but a thick black sludge.
2: I didn't think it was that dirty. I think that we're not supposed to be here, of course. And if Obasan finds out we're here, you'll be in trouble.
4: Ooh, you'll be in trouble.
1: I do not fear Obasan, but you should.
2: Well, how can we if we don't meet him?
1: Do you need to meet the lion to know you should stay away from him?
2: Um, I don't stay away from lions. They're cool. I mean, if my friends get need by a lion, I'm going to try. We've made our decision.
3: We're going to the castle, and you are going to help us, or we are going to make more trouble.
1: You cannot enter the castle, because you are trouble.
3: I push my finger through one of the paper screens.
1: This time, you hear something different. Not her. She looks terrified. Instead, you hear a loud, thunderous roar, and a heavy, heavy set of footsteps, and what sounds like a great club being dragged through gravel.
2: I think we crossed a line that time.
1: I am not trying to protect myself, I am trying to protect you. The imbalances you create must be righted, whether by your hand or ours
3: there a place to hide?
6: But <laughs> <laughs> well, the the house is on stilts.
3: <laughs> right. Well, at this rate, you're going to keep us here until we become commie. And if I'm going to be a commie, I'm going to be a commie that puts holes in doors.
1: You will be dead long before then. She turns, walks to Gehi, who is now standing, staring through the doorway, staring right at you. She extends one of her extra arms. With her other arms, she reaches into her little satchel, and pulls out a knife. She gets on her knees and begins cutting off the extra arm. Um. (laughs) (laughs) When she is done, mind you, she is not reacting with pain, she picks the severed arm up off the ground and hands it to Gehi. Is there blood? No. Okay. Instead, a thick, silvery gossamer liquid is pouring from it. She says, I apologize for our guests. Please take this, and sleep. He takes the end that's still bleeding, puts it into his mouth, and begins gnashing away with his tusks and teeth. He returns to his boulder.
7: What the fudge
3: was that?
1: You have already done so much damage here.
2: But we didn't want to. We had to to do something.
1: I can no longer protect you but you cannot enter the castle so long as this place sees you as an enemy. So long as Okosama sees you as an enemy.
2: Is there anything we can do to make friends? What's Okosama?
1: The child.
6: I'm going to cast Disguise Self using my Furbolg magic ability to disguise myself as Miko so that I look just like Miko. Okay. I'll sort of look at her as her and go... That should
1: solve that problem. Now I look like a friend. As soon as the glamour takes effect, you can hear screaming all around the castle. Every lantern in the air turns red. Can you turn that off? I didn't do it. No, the thing, this pointing to your illusory self.
4: Uh, I guess I'll dismiss the illusion. The lanterns turn normal again. Sonny's pretty fed up and also determined to do something because this isn't getting anywhere. So he goes to the well, um, meets Mr. Well, and gets some of the water. He comes back. He's just going to start cleaning up or planting f- flowers or
1: something, something that he views as nice. The room, the little pre-room that you're in, the little uh, foyer mm-hmm. called a gencon, is fairly dirty. And so you take the water and you take a little scrub that was with it and you start kind of scrubbing things away and as soon as you do Nico just kind of slumps her shoulders and then falls to her knees and just breathes heavy
4: my, my dad says that um, sometimes to get people to like you you have to do nice things so and then he just scrubs hard and he's like
1: actually focused for once she looks exhausted
2: Mika, we want to be people's friends here. We're not trying to make the place sick. We just need to find the kid in the castle. What can we do to be good? Keep things balanced like you're talking about.
5: Hey, hey, guys.
4: This is really hard. Can I have help, please?
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
5: I'll take that aforementioned extra shirt out. and Get <laughs> down and
1: give some quick scrubs in the doorway. I may be able to help you, but you must promise me that you will not upset the balance anymore.
2: Well, we should not trying to. If you let us know what to do, we'll behave. But if it comes to saving Brighton and getting home, I mean, that's our job. Your job's to maintain balance here. Our job's to get out with our friend.
1: I don't know what your Brighton is. I do know that Okosama. Mm, she bites her tongue. I will help you. She stands up and hurries outside and heads off in a direction you're not sure where she's going.
2: Well, maybe we clean up here and wait till she comes back. Mm-hmm. I've got some, some raisins and jerky, if anyone's still hungry. <laughs> Sounds mm. like all they eat here is souls and stuff.
1: <laughs> it takes you a good long while to clean the place, but as you do, you notice something. The hole that was punched through the paper is gone.
2: Wait, when
3: did that happen? It's magic.
1: Oh,
3: It is not magic. Magic makes sense. <laughs>
2: <laughs> there's, a, there's an old wizard who lives in the dregs, and he'll fix up your shoes and your shirts with the holes in them, do a little wiggle of the fingers, and they're all good as new. It's like that.
6: I've heard the phrase before that the pen is mightier than the sword. In this place of paper walls, I think perhaps this is true. <laughs>
1: <laughs> as you continue watching, about half an hour passes. And when it does, you see Miko, hustling, the silver blood still clinging to her side, determined, walking towards you. You will have your opportunity to help. If this doesn't work, there's nothing you can do. Be prepared.
6: I have a question. I know it's your favorite thing. Outside the walls were two lanterns. They were blue. They kept the ghosts away.
1: Not anymore. And you hear the screaming of the Oweno as they begin climbing the walls.
0: I want to take a second to tell you about a podcast I think you'll really like, Mayday. No one is prepared for disaster. No one knows exactly how they'll react in a plane crash, an earthquake, or when a lone gunman decides to open fire. On Mayday, you'll hear about the people who had to find out, People whose stories deserve to be heard. Join hosts Maya Nalani and Luke Welland as they tell you about extraordinary people who found themselves in extraordinary circumstances. Listen to Mayday wherever you get your podcasts.
5: Hey oh you cuties. Law here, and I just want to take a moment to thank you all for listening you're at this point in the series you've likely listened to all previous episodes up to this point which means the world to us but if you're new to the podcast and you're just checking out the most recent content i highly encourage you to go back and also start from the beginning to follow the story of the mortal dawn at the time of recording this we just had our first session after almost three months where all of us luq members were back together playing at the same table and let me just say i think the next chapter is going to be one to look forward to In the meantime, I hope you are loving the current chapter of the Little League of Ultimate Questing. The feedback has been wonderful, we all had a ton of fun playing it, I think it's a great addition to the LUQ-verse, and I hope we get Zach behind the Dungeon Master screen sometime soon. A huge shout out to all of our patrons, you're the backbone of this project. And if you're with us on the Discord server, it's been a delight to chat with all of you. But a huge shout out to our legendary tier patrons, of course, the newest of which is John, no last name given. Our legendary teams are the Cultured Cutthroats, the Moonlight Veil, the Iron Rhapsody, and this week's featured team, the Tavern Brawlers, with Dave Mladenoff, Daniel Pickens-Jones, Tracy Rivington, and Thor. Please be sure to take a moment and tell your friends about the LUQ if you want to see us keep growing as we have, and visit theluq.com. During the month of June, I've donated my services as a celebrity DM, I said that with quotation marks you can't see, (laughs) helping with an auction where you can get fantastic custom fantasy art or have a game run for you by one of many podcast game masters. And all the proceeds go to The Trevor Project, which is a fantastic program that helps at-risk LGBTQ youth. Big thank you to Travis from Dark Dice for putting the auction together. Links are available on social media and in the episode's description just one more time, I truly need to thank you all for being fans and supporting our team. We love each and every one of you. But for now, let's get back to the action. And what was your name again? Oh, uh, I'm Tomas. And what do you have here for me today? Well, so my brother was out digging on some sweet roots uh, we could use to make mom a real nice name day pie with pig fat and simming in and he found some kind of box buried up in the ground so we took a rock and smacked right off the lock on it and uh, has this here pair of looking eye type spectacles inside. Now only the fat gold hogs of the big cities wear these here spectators so we figured maybe we could fence them for a few gold. Buy a couple more acres for the mud farm. Well, now these enchanted glasses are a relic from the age of legends. At this time in history, there were monsters that roamed the earth so strong that mortals couldn't defeat them without the help of some devious magics. Now, as you can see on the nosepiece of these spectacles, there's a serpent eating its own tail, and the image on the temple lip here is an hourglass. These are known as the lenses of reflected time. The iconography symbolizes eternity and the passing of time. They have a powerfully dangerous magic infused into them that can create some kind of a pocket of energy in which time moves in strange ways, likely to imprison foes that cannot be defeated. That's no doubt why it was buried away and locked in a box. Dang, so these here peeping windows got some kind of chronomatic curse-up in them? Well, yes, that's one way of putting it. And, uh, what was your name again? Oh, uh, I'm Tomas. And what do you have here for me today? Well, so my brother was out digging on some sweet roots uh, we could use to make mom a real nice name. day. Pie. Join us on Tuesdays for Artifices Roadshow on the Nexus Enterprise.
1: Cries of desperate hunger rise all around you as the Ueno, the starving, come climbing up over the walls. You can hear them scrabbling and pulling, desperately trying to get to any kind of food. And now you know what food means. We're going to enter a skill challenge. Everybody's going to go ahead and roll initiative. And then in order, you will each choose a skill and attempt to succeed. Any success will be tallied for you. Any failures will be tallied against you. Critical successes count for two. Critical failures count for two negative. And we'll see how this goes.
3: 16 for Gregory.
6: 15 for Sunny. Also 15 for Spultier.
1: Amelia has a five.
3: Woo!
4: <laughs> nice.
1: And we got a 15 for the Hungry. So, that's easy. <laughs> it's going to go uh, Grigori, followed by Folter, Sunny, and the Hungry, Ueno, and then Amelia. So if the Hungry fail a roll in the skill challenge, does that count as a
6: success for us? It does
5: not. Let's go ahead and begin with Grigori. So Grigori sees just hundreds of spooky, handsy, hungry shadows climbing over the wall near us, and he turns to run. Um, (laughs) He gets about 10 feet, and then he closes his eyes, takes a deep breath, and turns around and reaches into his marble bag and pulls out a special shiny red marble. Um, This is the one that he got his, his alchemy badge for pulls back his devil horn wrist rocket to his wrist, aims at the top of the wall and fires one of his hail of thorns bullets at a group of shadows near the top. And how does that work? It's a ranger spell. um, So when I would hit them, it would just kind of create an explosion of shards and stuff. Mm. Um, So it's just like a little AOE that triggers from my arrow. But I'm going to try to do do either like a perception check to like aim it just right or a spell casting check to trigger the spell.
1: Um, Given how you flavored it, I'd also allow a basic attack if you wanted.
5: I will do that because I have a ranger bonus to range attacks.
1: Perfect. All right. Uh, you're looking at a eight. That's not going to do it. Nope. So that's one in the failure column. You fire it out. And as soon as you do, it falls just beyond the wall into the forest. Mm-hmm. And the explosion causes many trees to catch fire. Golp. Nope. And from that, you can hear the panic of the Bueno as they're moving faster away from it.
5: Realizing his extreme failure, uh, Gregory leaps behind the nearby tree.
1: I love it and then we're gonna go moving on to Sunny so the goal
4: is to get away from these things get towards the castle
1: the goal so far as you understand it is to prove to this place that you are beneficial to it Mm. that can take whatever form you want it to okay I've started by
5: lighting the local forest on fire yes Uh very
1: good very good
5: so Sunny is going to take
4: a moment and do an insight into how this world works and what it actually wants. He wants to be in flow. Okay. <gasps> that is a natural one. Oh, and
1: my glory, Gus. That oh, is just so bad. And unbelievable. It, and you're not Crist, so you can't luck your way I out.
7: I
4: <laughs> I was thinking about, yeah, but I can use luck. No, I can't.
1: So what I'm doing here is just a basic D20 roll. They don't get any bonuses to it. The idea is to see how far they progress. Mm-hmm. A success on their part counts as a separate skill challenge. This is them having their own experience. Cool. Uh, that's a success.
5: Killing it, guys. That sound excited. I can't imagine how we <laughs> how failed our first
4: mission.
1: <laughs> yeah, right. Oh. Yeah.
4: We're kids. <laughs> Give us a break.
6: <laughs> all right, Svulteer, you're up. All right. Um, Svulteer was just thinking about the lanterns outside and how they repelled these ghosts and that the um, it seems like the magic has faded from those, but I'm looking around at all these little lanterns that are floating around through the air around us, the little jellyfish lanterns. And I'm going to pull out my horn and I'm going to blow into it and I would like to um, do a spellcasting check to cast fairy fire on the lanterns and fill all of these little white lanterns with blue fire. Ooh. Yeah.
1: Ooh, I like that.
6: Yeah. That's what I want to attempt to do.
1: Let's go with arcane. You can do arcana. Just, yeah. Can I just use my spellcasting modifier? Or... Uh, if you were doing something like casting an offensive spell, I'd say yes. But okay. what you're trying to do is instill a fiction on okay. this thing. It's so...
3: okay, Here, Go ahead and use your arcana. I, I saw this in a vision.
1: Ooh. Okay. What does that mean?
3: It means you got a 15. (laughs) Oh, Oh, shit. I'll take that.
6: Uh, That is a success. My arcana penalty is zero, so I have 15 total.
3: (laughs) (laughs) It sounded like you weren't confident in your modifier, so I just thought, let's (laughs) use a Could could you just
4: uh, uh,
1: taking away my one. No, because she
6: has to declare it before you roll. Before you
1: roll. So, one of the benefits of that. Is I'm going to give them disadvantage on their next roll. Nice. Awesome. And that moves mm-hmm.
5: it on to Amelia's turn. Some clutch divination right
1: that there. Was, that was very mm-hmm. useful.
6: Yeah. yeah. Spultier's Arcana is plus a zero. And only thanks to Jack of all Trades is it not a negative one. <laughs>
3: <laughs> uh, everyone else has kind of exhausted Arcana and Insight and attacking. So um, what Amelia is going to do is use investigation to just kind of Assess how all of these things have been working so far and if they can be repelled by physical attacks or if they need, you know, something else. Just I want to investigate what's going on using all of my logic and deductive abilities. Sure. I like that. That is a modified 16. Okay, cool.
1: Very nice. That is a success. Hell yeah. So from what you can tell, this entire place wants to rebel against these creatures. Everything's about balance here. In the forest, it was quite the opposite. The balance is already broken there. Everything is on the side of hunger and desperation and madness. And that is spilling over the walls. What you need to do is bring order.
3: Okay, and I, I'll share that with my party that's around me. Uh, I'll just say the. it seems like this place is trying to establish order and the, the starved are infringing on that. So if we can repel them... I think we might see ourselves in its good graces once again.
5: Nice. Nice. It's Grigori's turn. Okay. So he hears all of that happening from around the tree he's hiding behind. Um, and he peers out and I imagine some of them coming in from like flanking are starting to get kind of close to him. And, uh, he starts to panic, but he heard what Amelia says and he sees Foltier using magic and, uh, Sonny standing there trying to get a grasp on the situation. And, uh, He has one of his little panic attacks and starts sweating bullets and gripping the tree as these shadows are drawing closer. And he says, Virgil,
3: Virgil, help.
5: And Virgil, one of his best traits is being a hellhound. He has adapted to eating extra dimensional things. So in order to (laughs) battle the hunger and balance things, Virgil is going to leap out at a group and attempt to bite one.
1: Very nice. So
5: I'm going to do an animal handling to guide my pup. Uh, that is a 24. 22. Natural 20?
1: Uh, no. Okay. 18 on the dice, plus 4. All right, We are at 3 and 3, so that's awesome. Whew! The lanterns, the little tiny, now blue lanterns, are floating around, kind of slowly driving them off, but there's a few that are slowly approaching you. Mm-hmm. Virgil, without even hesitation, comes bounding up to them, rips a leg clean off of one, and then does something you're not expecting.
7: Mm.
1: Much in the way that Gehi ate the arm, Just start swallowing them. Like, not chewing, not biting and scratching. Literally just nom, nom, gulp, gulp, gulp. That's
2: a good boy, Virgil. That's a good, good boy. Thanks, Dad. (laughs) Aw,
1: that is awesome. Moves on to Sunny. Yeah. You can't really attune to this
4: place. Uh, Different energies all together. Like, very essence is
1: different. They are creatures. They can be killed. They can be driven away. They can be hurt. Yeah, I guess Radiant Bolt. Yeah. Okay. Um, well, because you are a monk, I'm going to go ahead and say you can do uh, Unarmed Strike for that. Okay. So does that mean I roll twice? No, you just do a normal attack.
4: <clears throat> okay.
5: I will note something quick mechanically if it's helpful. Um, yeah. There's been a lot of talk of it doing like fire stuff, but this is in fact Radiant Damage that your sun strike does, mm-hmm. which is not good for Shadows.
4: Oh, okay. Yeah, let's do that. Wait, so if I spend key and really like
1: and in Do I get advantage the way i prefer to do skill challenges is that you can't expend anything Mm -hmm. that that there's no expense so we'll consider you as having used your key here and that actually aligns very well with the whole like i'm just going to anchor myself here and then use that
4: all right let's do that so that is melees silly melees (laughs) what nope that is a seven
6: yikes It's going great, everybody. We're at
1: four failures and three successes. It is now the Shadow's turn. They get disadvantage because of the totally sick fucking fairy fire thing. They would have gotten a natural 20, but instead they get a three. Ooh,
7: very nice. <laughs> That's Man. good.
1: Yeah. Um. They're not progressing the way they wanted to so basically they were planning on surging over the walls in a tidal wave of hunger and terror but instead they're trickling in a few drops at a time that are being quickly and easily dispatched by all of you that makes it Svaltir's turn all
6: right Svoltir has got his sort of armada of blue fairy lights and Svoltier is gonna is gonna think really hard do a little Winnie the Pooh think 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 and then <laughs> oh bother yeah um oh bother <laughs> <laughs> amelia said that this place was about balance and these things are hunger and madness and so svoltier is going to use a performance check svoltier pulls out the most calming instrument that the world has ever created a vuvuzela nope it's- <laughs> <laughs> uh, Vuvuzela was really good. Uh, but but no, it's bagpipes.
3: Ooh. Oh my <laughs> gosh, and
6: just let loose, let loose a wonderfully like calming, like Asian spa, zen music. Through the bagpipes
3: <laughs> It's a bagpipe I mean, trying to play shakuhachi music Yeah right yeah it oh, would be. It, it,
6: this is probably the world's worst sound But it's happening <laughs> As I would like to use performance To try and, and create a calming melody and, and give a tranquil ambiance Yeah yeah To no, the I scene it. I mean bagpipes were
1: used in war To keep to keep rhythm and all that it's, it's a thing Yeah no they were definitely used in war I don't think they've ever been used for calming I've never known that Hey man have you ever been to a Scottish funeral Let me say it's something oh. very soothing about that stuff. I think it's more cathartic
6: than soothing. <laughs> yeah, maybe you're right. The whales of the damned. Yeah. Uh, that is an eight total. Yikes. Yeah. I don't
4: think we've ever failed it in it's, the normal it's, luck.
6: It's almost as though
1: bagpipes aren't meant to be soothing. <laughs> <laughs> you pull out your pipes. Yep. And as soon as that good thick bladder gets full yeah. of that fresh air, um, <laughs> yeah. the, the, the horrifying whale comes through. And music happens in the biggest quotes I can muster, mm-hmm. which obviously means it's time for music. A cabinet in the Gangkon that you just came through bursts open, and from it comes a shakuhachi, a large koto flops out, which is a large wide uh, string instrument, almost like a zither, but huge, and a shamisen, which looks like a banjo. They all kind of like or like order themselves, look around, and one of them starts barking at the other. The the Shami Sen specifically is just like yelling at them and they're like, ongaku, ongaku, yeah, yeah, and then they all start playing along with you. Very, very, very badly. The sudden discord that explodes from all of this musical noise is causing everybody to become
7: upset.
1: <laughs> <laughs> You're at five failures, three successes. And that makes it Amelia's turn.
7: <laughs>
1: okay. Since uh Arcana
3: was left for me this turn, I think <laughs> I think I am going to go with the obvious and Amelia is going to start kind of running around and and blasting gusts of wind using her transmutation magic um, at these different shadows to repel them.
1: I like it. Give it in blasts.
3: It's a 10. Thank
1: you. Uh, Total?
3: Yeah, that's a modified 10.
1: That's not going to do it. So you're trying to blast them away, but these creatures are ethereal, Practically not even physical. And as you blast them, the wind just kind of moves over their ratty, tattered clothes and armor. And you can hear it rattling everywhere. And it sounds like the rattling of bones.
5: You just make them look more awesome. (laughs) You're just making them look more
1: awesome. In fact, this is a good moment to tell you all that as they've gotten closer, you realize they're all soldiers. Every single one of them clad head to toe in wooden, leather, and very rarely metal armor mm. they're all bearing weapons but they're not brandishing them they're just reaching out to you
5: and that's gregory so what i want to do is not mechanically good um it's okay. not I wonder, that is to say it's not a skill i'm very good at sure but cinematically it's what i have to do with Grigori because it makes my heart feel good
6: i have a question about yes. that um in the regular LUQ, <clears throat> typically Law doesn't let like Chris give Bardic inspiration to somebody and then let them use that Bardic inspiration on the role that they make.
3: Mm-hmm. Okay.
6: Um, he just has them flavor part of their thing. Could I use a Bardic inspiration on Gregory and have him add it to his actual role in, in
1: this instance or, you know, stick with? I want to say yes. I really want to say yes. But you fucked up the pipes, dog. I did. And I'm I trying did. to think, how would you do that? Except, actually, yes. And I'll tell you why. The screams of the damned, the rattle of bones. The shrieking of the pipes, the discordant music. It sounds like home. Mm. You get a bardic inspiration. This is Awesome. awesome. So here's
5: what happens. Grigori sees that he has been cowardly and failed his friends a bit. They're all ahead, tangling with these shadows. And he is here to save a new friend and prove himself at some point. But the discordance brings up half of his bloodline that he tries to ignore most of his life. And his horns catch on fire. And his eyes glow red. And he charges forward and jumps in front of Miko, putting himself between the shadows and her. Muttering to himself, No dungeon too deep. No course too questionable. Nico, stay back. Don't hurt my friend. It's all right. We're with the League. And he's going to do an intimidate check using his thaumaturgy to make his horns like rage with fire and his voice boom, like thunder. Do an intimidation. Not great at intimidate. Nat 20. A pretty die too. That was my
1: bagpipe, by the way. <laughs>
5: <laughs> Thank you, Advantage. I would have been a three.
1: <laughs> you fully expect the pale orange and red glow of the flame from your horns. But instead, you see your demonic silhouette against pale blue light. Mm. The pulsating energy radiates off you, driving every single shadow in the immediate radius back in terror. And some of them begin to burst into flame.
5: Picking up that, that hometown demon energy. The yeah. goodest voice. Yeah. Thank you.
6: Svoltir <laughs> like w- looks at this and, and like through his
1: bagpipes like oh, absolutely what I want to do there. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. That makes it Sonny's turn.
4: All right. So that was an intimidation. That's what I used, yes. He would like to use his radiant key, but focus it more inward and on himself, like kind of lighting his fur on fire in that beautiful
1: blue radiant flame that could be a persuasion check so you're trying to channel your key as radiant fire but you're trying to do it as kami fire yeah okay spiritual fire yeah let me see here what can i what can i do for that how can i see the the only one i could think would be knowledge religion because that's what you're trying to do is tap into the spiritual essences of this world you're trying to turn your key from one thing into another you know what okay so hold on hold on hold on you did establish yourself the core of your character being to go with the flow to feel things and you've been trying to do that since you got here Mm -hmm. and right now you're trying to channel your inner lion basically
7: Mm
1: -hmm. i'm gonna go with survival because the essence of what you are is a creature of survival trying to simply operate on instinct And right now, you're trying to let that instinct take over.
4: Oh, thank you so much.
1: I want to choose a different d20 this time. Fair enough. Superstition is strong in this world, so that makes sense. That is an 18. Hot damn. Woo! Yes. Yes. That is a success. Good kitty. Yeah. That makes it the Ueno's turn. They are being driven back in force. The terror of everything you're putting off is driving them away from their food source because the food feels tainted to them. They are not doing great on that front, and that makes it Soltys' turn.
6: I mean, I could, I could pick Grigori up and start running around with him, you know, brandishing him like a holy symbol. But
1: <laughs> that's not bad. <laughs> like, that's got that kid energy that I love. So, I mean, I'll give it to you.
6: <laughs> All right, I'm, I'm down with that. Uh, so, I'm. The... The 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 bagpiping uh not not really driving them off the way that it is. Fultier's just going to kind of look around and use his environment to help him. And he's gonna run up behind Gregory and he's gonna be, come here, small demon, we're going to drive them away.
1: And I'm gonna roll athletics and just run around carrying my comrade. Perfect. You just start trying to drive off everything you can. Give me your give me your roll. All right.
5: Pulling like a dread pirate Roberts thing. Here. Exactly. <laughs> uh
1: seventeen total. Definitely. Yeah, you're good.
5: I weigh like eight pounds.
1: <laughs> you pick him up and literally hold him out as if you were holding a cross to bear, <laughs> yeah. and you just run around shouting at them, shouting away, and you're like you're like screaming out names of like ancient Nords and just like yeah. just ah, um, they're all fleeing, running, desperate, afraid, and as soon as you discard your bagpipes, the Shakuhachi, which is a nice little flute, comes slithering up to it like a snake and puts its mouth—that is to say, the little beak of the flute over the bagpipe, and tries to play your bagpipes with its own fluted music. And the resulting sound is rather uncomfortable. Mm. That is all. Um.
5: <laughs> <laughs> Great little aside. <laughs> Moving to Amelia's turn. It's
3: like putting a harmonica on a trumpet. <laughs> okay, so now that we're starting to gain a little momentum, Amelia is going to start running around the, the perimeter of the space we're in and rallying all of the other inhabitants with persuasion to to rise up, force them back. Like, help us. We're we're on the brink of victory. I love it. That is a modified 18.
1: Definitely. You were literally the last opportunity to get to the target number, and you did. So congratulations on your success. Thank you. You begin running to every single kami you can find. They have a nature that by default is very passive, but at your words, at your motivation, at your intention, they almost feel hungry for your human-like energy, that that good, powerful, living non-kami energy, and they're drawn to it. And they do anything you say. They all start driving them back, whether it be a rake that slowly tries to drag and scratch away at these awful shadows, or even the boulder springs to life and begins rolling and rolling and rolling, crushing the spirits around it. But suffice to say, the shadows are brought to an end. Miko suddenly stops. She looks at you. Come with me. We don't have much time.
3: Stormclad thunder Tikes out!
7: <laughs>
3: <laughs> Amelia is going to run over and kind of tackle-hug Grigori. Aww. <laughs> Just be like, that was amazing! You you saved
2: us, too, with your amazing divination magic and your, the lanterns and the magic energy.
5: We did it! Gaki! Gaki! Let's run!
1: <laughs> um...
5: Fregil, put that down! He's, like, still chewing a demon leg.
1: Goki, who, at your instruction, has been trying to fight these demons with his tiny little goblin claws, suddenly perks up and comes running after Miko. What? What do you need? Come with me. All of you begin running toward the main gate of the castle. As you approach the door, she frantically, frantically, begins pulling out what looks like a charm. She places it, this paper charm, across the door. She then takes a knife, that looks like it's stained with that same silvery blood. She hands it to Amelia. Cut the charm.
3: Amelia looks bewildered as she's handed the knife and then relieved when she's told that she doesn't have to cut herself. (laughs) (laughs) She says, thank goodness, I don't know what I'd do without my arm. And she runs over
1: and cuts the charm. Excellent. As soon as you do, you hear several wooden chunks, chunk, chunks, and click and the door slowly opens up <sighs> I need to fix this I need to fix this now but I need your help what, what what do we do the flame comes from something important that flame is the spiritual energy of Okosama Oh no to take it to put it out is to affect him and Obasan will not let that happen <music> Whew. <laughs> we succeeded at a thing, yeah. After a lot of <laughs> failure, in a very strange way. You I, had a lot of fails before you started turning the tide. I'm very pleased. Yeah,
3: it was just as oh. I predicted. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Although off camera,
4: mm. off, off,
7: off
1: camera.
4: Right. I was kind of excited to see what would happen if we failed. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
6: Yeah. I, I think death. Death happened. We or- not necessarily. You, you've seen World War Z where they just, you know, that that that's what was happening.
3: Not necessarily. We just come in with new characters that say, "Well, we've already sent him. Yeah,
7: right. <laughs> exactly.
6: <laughs> yeah, the the, the Kip Kipps Killigans. That's who comes in afterwards.
1: <laughs> oh man.
6: Uh, but uh, thank you for joining us for this the third <laughs> episode of the Little League of Ultimate Questing. Hell yeah. Yeah, mm. we're gonna go around the table. Normally, we start with Sam. Sam is currently in the United Kingdom uh, as of the time of this recording, so we're I miss you. Yeah, we're gonna start with
5: me, Law, not the dungeon master. No, nope. no, a player here at this table of delight.
6: <laughs> yes,
1: gasp!
5: Is. I am playing Gregory Sangre, the Tiefling Ranger nerd, <laughs> Beastmaster, <laughs> uh, who's who's finding confidence in his infernal heritage. <laughs>
4: Yay! Aww. Hi, uh, my name is Alante, and I play Sunny, also known as and I, but call him Sunny, uh, the <clears throat> Way of the Sun Soul Monk. Uh,
6: my name is Michael Loving. I'm playing Svoltir Ulfmund, the third-level Valor College Bard.
3: And I'm Dana, and I'm playing Amelia, the mixed-race wizard.
1: And I'm Zach the Barkus. Wait, no, I'm something else too. Right, I'm the technical director for Slapdash Studios and the DM for this horrible little escapade. Sorry, du-
6: Dungeon Shogun. Dungeon, dungeon.
1: Shogun. <laughs> nice. Make
6: that a thing. I just did. Oh, I said done. It. It, it exists happened. now. Okay. Yeah. yeah. In Ideas this world, are more it, than
3: objects. It, yeah, <laughs>
6: exactly. In this world, you just have to will things into existence, and yes. they are new episodes of our show. Go live on Mondays... So far, knock on wood, but not right now because it would get picked up very loudly knock by the on mics. on particle board. Yeah. Uh, every Monday. Haven't missed one yet. COVID included. Despite COVID's best efforts, we've still managed through mystical and magical means and the internet.
4: Because we g- love you guys so much.
6: To get these episodes out. Um, you can find those at our website, theluq.com. You can find episodes on basically all podcast hosts, um, if you visit the website, though, which you should do, you can find links to our social media, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Uh, you can find a link to our Discord. You can find a link to our Patreon, which is a pretty big deal. That is the only way the company is currently being supported. Mm-hmm. Um, we have gotten a lot of new Patreons, uh, or patrons recently. Super big thank you to all of you, the legendary team,
1: the sub-legendary team. Uh, to clarify, a Patreon is what happens when you use a lucky coin on an EV. No. There you go.
4: <laughs> I love that so much.
6: <laughs> it has a monocle and a top hat.
4: Yes. Oh, my God, I want one. <laughs> um,
6: there you can find uh, character sheets, uh, magic items, maps, battle maps.
1: Fat bonus episodes.
6: Bonus episodes, like the Harithax one-shot. You guys got free one-shot episodes due to the COVID situation, but there will probably be more one-shot episodes in coming in the future Um, as well as it gives you access to the d21 sides if you listen to d20 questions Mm
1: -hmm. which you should be
6: which you ought to do still funny it hasn't been out in a while but still funny it went through a reformat didn't it the last couple
1: Uh, episodes well i would say the last like seven okay
5: Always keep it afresh.
1: But that's the thing is we've actually been holding off on releasing the episodes that we already have recorded until after COVID because a lot of the listeners seem to be commute listeners and the listeners dropped way off as soon as COVID hit. So as soon as this is over, you can bet your sweet bippy that we will be coming out hard with like four episodes at once.
6: Yep. speaking of once... Once this is all over, definitely keep an eye on our social medias. We are planning on attempting to do some things in person once it is safe and responsible to do so Mm -hmm. again. Um, Lon, you want to talk about one of
5: yours coming up? Yeah. There is a thing called the Trevor Project, which is a really great organization that raises money to help at-risk LGBTQ youth. They've been around since 1998. Um, We're waiting on all the full details before we release stuff, but I'm going to be offering my services as a dm for fans to play in their own one-shot luq adventure and if that's something that excites you watch our social media um there'll be an auction all the proceeds like all the proceeds go to the trevor organization and it should be a lot of fun you can get to play on roll 20 in a game that i run
6: and then speaking of other things that you can do in person or
3: now online hi i'm dana I'm a professional dungeon mistress in the Portland area and a member of the LGBTQ community. You can check me out on Twitter at MistressDanaRPG, or you can check out my website, DMDana.com.
6: And then my exciting special thing that you can do is not an in-person thing. I do play in another podcast uh, from time to time. It is the Godfall podcast by Aram Bartian. Um, You can find my episode. It's the Blood from the Stone series. Uh, I play Arunavar, the uh, high elf... um, God of Blood um, in that show. One of those. Uh, Yep. One of them. One of them. I become a Blood Elf once I become the God of Blood, which is a God's Fall race, but Mm -hmm. I start out as a High Elf. Um, Anyway, I think that wraps our announcements. Mm -hmm. And until next time, when we have more to share with you, we wish you all a little luck.